Son, I got Henny overflowing up my shop. Welcome to the Sports After Party podcast with me, Jezza. And Afo, we are bringing you the weekly sports conversations from across the globe. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. And we're back. Back in your lives. Back once again. It's the Sports After Party podcast, people. What are we saying? Bro, we're here. We know we're enjoying it. Unfortunately, you know, summer seems to have gone, man. We've missed those last couple of days, but mm. we made the most of it. I think we made the most hey, of it. Hey, we did. You we know? Did. And we, we tried to do a little shindigs here and there, so we were yeah. all right. Um, unfortunately, now, you know, back to the rule of six, no 10 p.m. things. Apparently, Corona only comes out at 10 p.m. You know? Yeah, apparently. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, no, it's good. It's good. Um, sports is, as always, I say hey, every week. Popping off. Popping off. You know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, football's back. It like it like it never left. Mm. Um, we have, you know, the NBA is really hotting up, um, coming towards you know when the semi-finals before we get into the NBA uh, finals, and then we and, and NBA final, and then we also have NFLs back. Um, yeah. There's a big old big old fight in the UFC happening this weekend. Mm. We have um, Israel Adesanya versus Our Nigerian brother, yes, a Nigerian boy man versus Paulo Costa. Um, man, that's going to be a big old fight, man. Um, Israel is the middleweight champ. Um, he's beaten Anderson Silva. He's beaten Yoel Romero. He's beaten so many of the top guys. And um, Paulo Costa is an absolute wrecking ball. Um, yeah. He literally just destroys everyone. So if you, if you imagine, yeah, Israel's uh, a long, rangy kickboxer. Mm. Um, he can really keep people at length. He's tricky. He's He's like... You know, he's, 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 he's very suave cool. with it. He's very suave, like the way he moves. He used to be a break dancer when he was younger, right? So he can move yeah. a little bit. Um, and you just have like this Paulo Costa, he's Brazilian. He's built like a, the Hulk, bro. This guy is just like muscles on muscle, bro. Um, and he's, he's just like literally. He's unbeaten as well, isn't he? Both, of them, are, both of them are unbeaten. Both of them are unbeaten. Both of them are unbeaten, yeah. This is the first time. The UFCs have had an unbeaten fight since Daniel Cormier versus John Jones won. Oh, wow! So yeah, so it was a while ago, man. It was a while. So this is this is a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this, man. It's gonna be a late night for me on Saturday. I'll tell you that for sure. What time? What time is it on? UK time. Ooh, ooh. So you know what? The, what happens is that the card usually kicks off at three. The main card. That's yeah. the problem for us US for us UK fans is that the card starts at three a.m. So yeah, that's crazy. You got either either you go to sleep early, you wake up, or you just go for a night out and you stay up. <laughs> Unfortunately, as I said, bedtime's ten o'clock for the whole nation right now. If it's out at ten, yeah, exactly, man. So, um, but yeah, anyway, we'll find a will, we'll find a way, and uh, we'll we'll watch that, we'll watch that. But how about you, brother? What, what's what's on the agenda for today's pod? Yeah, man, we've got a couple for them today. So we're going to talk about rugby. Um, you know, it's a sport that we've both played for quite a while, or we've played back in the day. So just talking about how the sport can grow, um, especially in England, like how can we grow the sport to make it more of a global global thing and on the same level as the other big sports. Um, we're going to talk about Messi and Ronaldo. Is the dominance over? Like, there's, there's a lot of chat if those guys are still the guys anymore. So I think we should talk about that a little bit as well. Um, and there's been a lot of conversations, a lot of chat about lower league clubs and having no fans in stadiums and 
I think we should talk about what is the best way to, I guess, to ensure the clubs can survive and be supported. Because worst case now, we don't want a situation where a whole bunch of clubs in League Two and the National League are no longer around. Because yeah, that's, that's just a problem. And of course, with there being the big fight this weekend, UFC, I thought it'd be good for us to talk about the best combat athletes in the modern era. So that's what we've got for him today, Jeremy. That's what we've got. I like that, bro. I like that. Well, you know what? Let's jump straight into it with the rugby. Um, yeah. So how are we going to grow the game of rugby? Um, and I think it's quite interesting, our perspective, obviously, because we went to a rugby school. Um, they were rugby crazy. They even let us play football. They thought, they thought football was an insult. You yeah. know, yeah. That thought was a bit mad still. But, <laughs> but you know... We went to a rugby crazy school. Um, we have family who play rugby professionally. And really, how can we give them some advice on how to grow the game? So I was thinking about it. And we have to compare it to football, right? Uh, football is a global sport. The World Cup involves, I don't know how many teams. How many teams are involved in the World Cup? Like 30? 30, I would say 32. 30, 32. Um, if you compare that to the uh, Rugby World Cup, a lot less and then it's it's uh it's also a lot less in terms of who can actually win it um when we, when we go to the football world cup you know there's at least i would say there's at least probably about 10 teams who could actually have a legit maybe actually and, maybe like and the rugby world cup. so no in, in the football world cup there's yeah. about eight countries that i could probably you could have a good claim of them winning it yeah um, you predict it pretty much yeah exactly in in the rugby world cup there's only ever been four so there's been England, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa are the only teams that have ever won a World Cup. That is um, crazy. When, when, when did it start? I, I learned about this back in the day. In GCSE, back in the day, I did <laughs> learn about this. Um, World Cup. So the Webb Ellis um, World Cup or, or trophy or whatever, um, let's, let's type in the origins. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll look at that in a sec. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get back to it. It's but obviously, instituted you know, in 1987. 1987. So it's it's a young sport as well, isn't it? It's young, but you know what? Like obviously, it started in it started in England. Um, so I know again that's something I learned back in the day. But I believe like the first major game was England versus Scotland or something like that. Or, if I, or maybe I've got that mixed up with the first ever. No, you know what it is because whenever we watch the Calcutta Cup, they always talk about how it's the longest. Um, Raiding trophy sport or something okay along those lines but for me I, I, let's get straight into it for me um rugby needs superstars what we've seen in the and in, in the nba is that hey jeremy you got the same thing as me mate got the same thing yeah. right here. i've written yeah. it down mate i've written it down <laughs> God, let me hear what you got to say right, they need superstars because in the nba lebron james is a household name mm. um Giannis, He's not quite there, but he's getting up to be in a, a household name. James Harden, the beard, the personalities, um, Westbrook, you know, Steph Curry. These are all like household names. And these are things that people, people actually support players. Because I remember when um, I first started watching basketball, Carmelo Anthony was my favorite player, mm. right? So I, I supported Denver when he was there. When he went to New York, I supported New York. Um, well, I've always kind of supported New York, but then after that, I kind of, I kind of like look for the teams that he's at, and yeah. I try That's and support. Team. Yeah. But how do we, how do we build superstars in a sport that always wants to tear down people who want to 
go, go up yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at, well, let's take it for example, James Haskell, right? James Haskell, he has his own podcast, great podcast. He's, he's one of the inspirations for this. Um, he was someone who wanted to do everything, like, wanted to be a DJ. He wanted to be a reality TV mm. star. He wanted to, um, you know, sell his books. He wants to do, like, fitness stuff on Instagram, be a wow. social media influencer. And, like, rugby would, like, tell him to, you know, well, shut up. Just, Just concentrate on what you're playing, rugby. Yeah. Play rugby and that's it. But, luckily, he didn't listen to them and he's actually built up a very good career post-rugby and now he's... Yeah one of the most popular people if you look at on t- on t- in terms of social media numbers he's he's up there um but we need we need other people to really like step forward and become superstars the last superstar we had was johnny wilkinson to be honest with you and it's true yeah <laughs> and what's that he, he, they won the world cup in 2003 for crying out loud and i so, don't think there's been that much of a progression since then so mentioning johnny wilkinson so Again, I, I probably can't say this definitively, but I feel that Johnny Wilkinson, when I look at him, I don't think of someone with a massive personality. And I don't know if that's because maybe I've not followed him closely enough, but I see him as a hardworking number 10. He was very good at what he did, one of the best in the world. Um, but bar that, I don't, I don't know if people know him outside of rugby circles. I generally don't know. I don't, I don't think so. So I, I think... So I think he is a bit of a superstar in terms of England like in, in England people know him but and that's what we're talking here where how do you grow the sport of rugby I don't think enough was done to try and utilise Johnny Wilkinson to try and get it to I don't know to try and increase the brand of rugby globally or try and increase the brand so, of rugby in the UK Do you think Dan, Dan Carter was a global superstar? Again I, I, I don't think so Again, he's popular, I, th- I feel, because we play rugby, we watch rugby. So someone like Dan Carter, well, aware of what he's, he's done, his success and all that kind of stuff. But if you ask the average person in the UK, do you know Dan Carter? Will they know Dan Carter? You'd like to think so. But if you don't like rugby, you probably don't know who Dan Carter is. Sonny Bill Williams? Again, I would say, because we know Sonny Bill Williams, I, I would want to say Sonny Bill is probably more popular than Dan Carter. But again, he's another one where um, not enough was was done to push his brand. So again, great player. Yeah. Um, I don't think enough was done to try and push their brands to try and help the sports of rugby and get more people interested in what they do. Like I feel a lot of people are interested in Sonny Bill Williams, especially after I guess he converted to, to Islam. And it, it seems that he's got more of a following towards the tail end of his career than at the beginning. And maybe that's yeah. more of what he's doing rather than the sport of rugby trying to push it and, and I guess support him and um, put him on a pedestal a bit. I agree, I agree. I, I feel you, you actually made some really good points because now that I look about, now that I look, actually look at it, I don't think there are any global mm-hmm. superstars really outside of the rugby circles. I don't think there are any. Think about Habana. He was another hit the scene. Everyone knew about Habana, how quick he was. But, yeah, unbelievable, like devastating speed, and it seemed like after he had his hot period, they just just went. And again, would most people know about Habana? Probably, probably not. If you're not, if you're not a rugby fan, I, I doubt it. I'm sure if you ask my brother who likes sports, he probably doesn't know who he is. So, um, 
I think that's the problem that rugby has. They they probably want to make the money that football, NFL, basketball make and, and all that kind of stuff, but they're not prepared to make celebrities. And I think the, the last celebrity I can think of in England is probably um, number 10. Cipriani? Yeah, Cipriani. And again, he's more pushing his own brand and being in the newspapers maybe for the wrong thing. Um, but in terms of popularity, I would say he's probably, I think mean, you could probably argue the case that he's, in terms of the general public, is he more popular than the England players? Is he more popular than Owen Farrell? I, I wouldn't say so. I don't, I don't no? think I'd probably say so. Um, but you, you know what? Saying that, saying that okay so we've identified that there's not really any superstars in not, rugby there's not and, and we're thinking about the history of it um although one one person john alomu yeah again i feel again that's rugby circles i think maybe the legacy after he passed away um how dominant he was when he played but I don't know if he's a global... I don't know if you go to America, do you know Jonah Loma? I don't know if they know him. Nah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And, I, and I think if, if you're not known in America, and not saying America is the be-all and end-all, but that is, that is the biggest market. Apart from China, that is the biggest market. So if, if they don't really know you there, are you really a global superstar? Probably not. So I feel... Okay, so we identify there aren't many, or if any, um, global superstars. So how do we make them? How do we make them, bro? Because I'm yeah. I'm I'm struggling here because first it's gonna be difficult because yeah. firstly the people who are in charge of rugby are old, they're um, stuffy, they're they're former players, yeah. um, and it's quite institutionalized. So how do they break out of the mold? Um, honestly, when when we were asking when when we initially spoke about this topic, all the first thing that came to my mind was Michael Jordan in the in the the Last Dance documentary and how when he entered the league, the NBA went from being this big sport in America to this global thing. Um, and that's because of the big personality that he was. So you had people like Magic Johnson and um, Larry Bird and Walt Chamberlain, all these guys that were great, had personalities, but they weren't really global icons. They, were, they weren't um, icons outside of the US. And I think the important thing is... I. I think Premiership Rugby specifically, let's concentrate on that as being people that live in England. How do they need to identify athletes that they think have a personality? Because again, we have so many athletes that have personalities away from um, playing sport, maybe from fashion, like a Westbrook, um, all the way through to music, um, like Damien Lillard does, likes playing, like singing and, and rapping and all that kind of stuff. And mm. I think if the Premiership and England Rugby as well are prepared to recognise these people and push them to try and do those things, trying to get them deals where their faces are plastered everywhere. And then that will help. I feel very rugby is very much a sport where you want to have people where um, you're just about the game. You're very professional. You don't care about anything else. You don't have that many adverts and all that kind of stuff. And if the goal is to try and increase the popularity of rugby, then things have to change. It's the reason why you look at Formula One now, if you ask the average person, name me Formula One drivers, Apart from Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton, and again, those are two global icons. Again, success helped them. Who else do people recognise? No, look- no, I, I think it'd be well. I mean, maybe to the the non 
Well, I'm talking. I'm talking. I feel like to push rugby in rugby circles, rug- there's no problem with rugby. It's a global sport already. You know, it's played in it's played in South Africa, it's played in Australia, it's played a bit in America, it's played in Europe. So it's not a matter of how do you make it a global sport because it already is a global sport. It's about how do you get the average person who likes sports to all of a sudden take an interest in rugby. And I think the only way that happens is when you have personalities who um, people can identify with, like an Odell Beckham in, in the NFL, like a Messi or Ronaldo in La Liga. Because once Messi leaves, how often are people going to be watching La Liga? Mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if those numbers drop. So that's the important thing. I'm not saying that Messi is the biggest personality in the world, but one, talent is one thing, but if you are a personality, you're more likely to want to engage and watch and, and see what this person is about. No, I, I'd agree with you, man. I agree with you. I mean, let's, I mean, and you're right. When we say global, we know it's a global sport. Mm. It's in terms of, you know, that catchphrase, you know, like a global icon, right? Um, I, we don't have any global icons, I don't think. Um, so there was a lot of chat about a, a, a rugby game. Okay. A good rugby game. And I, 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 I say that because, you know, how did I get into enjoying NFL? It was by playing Madden. Yeah. How did I get into loving boxing? It was by EA Sports Fight Night. Yeah. I mean, how did I really get into enjoying wrestling? That was via WWE SmackDown versus Raw. You know what I mean? So these, I feel like games could actually have a really massive part in getting like the younger generation involved in it. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Do you know it's funny that you mentioned boxing as well? Because that's, that's another one where you have people who are world champions, they're unbeaten in 20 fights, 30 fights, and you've never heard about them before. And then you have the other ones where, and I don't, do you know, I don't watch enough boxing to actually understand why that's the case. But then you have other boxers where um, they're pushed, they're promoted. There's a young guy coming up, Mexican kid. I think Mickey Garcia. I don't want to say his name is Mickey Garcia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, I think he's unbeaten in 20 fights. I think he's maybe his dad was an ex-fighter. He comes from a, a fighting family maybe. And bro, this guy has not had any significant fight to my rec- recollection. But he's got so many followers on social media. He's recognized a little bit. And clearly they're trying to push him in boxing. And you think about boxing, there's certain people that are pushed big time. You've got the Anthony Joshua's, you've got the, um, I'm trying to think who else, who else do they push in boxing nowadays? So, um, Lokomenko, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Lokomenko? Lomachenko. Lomachenko. So him, he's extremely talented, but probably, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a bit of a personality, but is he pushed? Probably not. If you don't know boxing, you've probably never heard of him. But he's extremely talented. So I think if this is where boxing needs to improve and sports as a whole, like, yeah, they've got, I'm forgetting everyone's name, the white, the white guy, Mexican white guy that's dominant, um, that lost to Mayweather back in the day. Oh, Canelo Alvarez. They got Canelo. They got Canelo Alvarez. And Canelo Alvarez. He's, he's, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And he's popular. And I wouldn't be surprised if the average person is familiar with his name. So, and that's because he's been pushed and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's where sport as a whole in every single sector, they need to do a better job of how do they make the public aware of what they do, having their face plastered everywhere, um, just allowing them to show their personalities a bit more. And I think fans like you and I, we enjoy that. Like when you see Odell Beckham, for example, post a video of him dancing, you love that. You think about when Mara posted, when Saracen's posted a video of Mara dancing, when they won the, 
the I'm not sure it was a title of the European Championship. And, the European Championship, yeah. And that went and that went viral because the fans mm-hmm. look at that and then enjoy that. But me and you know that's Maro. Like he he likes that part of thing. He likes dancing, he likes doing those kind of things. But would he post it on social media? Probably not, because people would be like, Why are you why are you showing that? It, it might be seen mm-hmm. in a negative light. So I think that's where um I think sport as a whole has to be more accepting of people's personalities. Absolutely. And I think if you look at one thing that, I mean, what saved us during lockdown? It was that Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Come the end of lockdown, or well, when we're out of lockdown, or kind of out of lockdown, the Amazon uh, documentary around Tottenham and Jose Mourinho calling everyone C words, right? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah. That, get, that, that grabs the attention, doesn't it? So I'm thinking maybe we. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they need to, for example, now that Saracens have been relegated down to the lower division, let's get Amazon or Netflix to actually record them, um, create a massive 10-part documentary about their the rise and fall, no, the fall and rise of, of Saracens. That would be perfect. That would be, be huge. That would be huge. Uh, Jeremy, you know what? Hey, listen, you got, uh, I'm taking a note. I'm sending an email. <laughs> and you know what? The, you know the Lions tours? Yeah, That's oh. make it huge. Those like, are great. Those are great. But I think lines, the documentaries behind those are, are huge. So you know, we need to find find ways. And instead of so, if you want to watch a Lions um, documentary, it's either you have to have the DVD, mm. or you illegally watch it, or you have to buy it off um, off Sky or something, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just stream it off Netflix. It's not just easily accessible. Um, to go and watch. They always make it so hard so you have to buy the copy or whatever to try and protect it or to, to keep the money. But no, just put it put it out there. Let everyone watch it. Um, just like I watched Last Chance You, which is about um, NFL college teams. Like, I'm not, I'm not from America. I'm not from that state or, or college or whatever. But if it's engaging TV, which we know bloody hell, rugby is definitely engaging. Oh, there's personalities um, there, man. And there's loads of personalities. I mean, imagine Joe Marler, Anthony Watson, um, Ellis Genge, uh, all, all these like big, bold characters that are actually just being hidden away and just just for the rugby world. Let's let's actually get them to be embraced by everyone. Yeah, um, and bloody hell, also sponsors Nike, Adidas, do actual rugby content. And put it out there, or put put your superstars. For example, I don't know if you remember there was a there was an Adidas ad where they had like a load of um, Adidas ambassadors sat around the table. There was Pharrell Williams. There was yeah. um, was it Adrian Peterson? There was it might not it might not have been AP. Um, there was uh, basketball players. Okay. Put some bloody rugby players on there as well, and tell and and be like, oh, who's and the, and the people would be like, oh, who's that? So, so what I would say, I think that's, I think that's a great idea. I think back to literally back in the day, when you look at the Pepsi adverts, the, the Coca-Cola adverts, the Nike and Adidas, those used to be the that's best it. videos. Those used to be the best videos. And you think about it, those videos are probably more memorable than the current videos that we see nowadays because those were a part of our childhood. Those are the videos where you watched it and all of a sudden you're like, yo, man, I need to go and get Pepsi or I need to go and buy that. Mom, th- you see those football boots? I need it. But your football boots are not broken. Yeah, mom, but I need that football boot. That's, and, and that's, that's, Benito, what it was. that's what I'm saying. That's what it was all about. It was about that excitement. It was about that buzz that those videos gave you. And I know Nike, 
they include Owen Farrell on some of their stuff with LeBron James and, and that kind of thing. But maybe things not not from obviously he's going to school there. And but then, Nike uh, don't really embrace it. Nike yeah. don't really embrace it. But maybe it doesn't make them really enough money. That's why. It doesn't make probably doesn't make them enough money. When you think about football and all that NBA, that's where the money is. Rugby, like how influential are the rugby players, really and truly? You, you think about it, like how influential are they? And I think if if um if rugby actually did stuff with those guys that they sponsor, I did ask as well, it probably would create a situation mm-hmm. where kids all of a sudden are like, Yeah, I need to get those rugby boots because I don't know how often a kid sees an Owen Farrell or like a Mario Tojo or a Genge playing and they're like, yeah, mom, I need to get those rugby boots. But like, that's, that's, mm. That is influence. That's impact. That's inspiring a generation. And yeah, I think until, those, until that's the case where they're doing those kind of adverts and um, just, just doing those kind of campaigns, I, I, I don't think rugby is going to be able to hit the heights of what we think it should be or where it could be because like we said we know it's a comeback sport not really combat but it's a physical sport it's engaging it's exciting and it's, it's very rare in rugby that a game is a blowout game I feel anyway doesn't feel like, especially at the highest level it's not a blowout game they're normally close normally towards the end of the game maybe someone might score two tries um, so yeah I think rugby there's potential there but like you said the old heads yo Maybe it's time to go. Maybe. Maybe it's time to go. Maybe. <laughs> I love that. It's time to go. No, I hear you, bro. So as, here's our advice for the rugby world. Firstly, get the old head out. Let's get another video game out there. A good video game. Good video game. Um, let's, let's actually embrace these personalities. Yo, Netflix, Amazon. Yeah. Hit up these clubs. Hit up these... Um, countries and actually put the content and let's get it out there and let's not be afraid of putting it ourselves out there um there's so much that rugby can give us engaging entertaining sport and we just need to we just need to get get people to watch it because there's no way there's actually no way afro that someone can tell me that rugby is too complicated when if you watch if you watch the nfl and all the moving parts that are happening there and you're telling me that that's no, impossible. No, no, I think that's, I think that's impossible. You, bro, even baseball, like that's not that, and that's probably the most watched, um, probably, probably the most watched sport. I'll, I'll say in America, in America anyway. But the, I mean, when you look at what well, NFL is, but baseball is close. When you look at those, those are more. I'll say NBA, NFL, and baseball are probably a lot more complicated than rugby. A lot more complicated. Um, so, yeah, I think game. Yeah, I think, bro, you said it right. I think they need to get a game, a quality game. The, inf- the personalities, let them show themselves a bit more. Um, do cool videos. Do cool rugby videos. Like, doesn't even have to be global campaigns. Just a cool video that can maybe go on YouTube or something that kids can watch. Like, think about it now. I think back in the day when I was in school and before football training, I used to go back and watch them Jogger Benito videos to get me gassed up and excited to go to training. Imagine creating a cool <laughs> video where the kid's watching it and then all of a sudden um, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And that's what you watch every single, before every single training session. So doing that, and of course, if you can get Netflix, Amazon to do a series on like a Saracens, for example, or Exeter Chiefs who have had an unbelievable rise in, in recent years, then mm. bro, you're laughing. You're laughing. And, bro, we're laughing. We're laughing. Nice one. 
All right, so what, what we got next on the old agenda, bro? Yeah, so obviously talking about personalities, let's go to two of the biggest in sports at the moment, or in football at the moment. So Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. So, you know, they've been in the game. They've been top of their games for quite a while now. Um, two bad, bad guys, one playing in Spain, one playing in Italy. Um, bro, it's the first time in 10 years that neither of them were voted to be in the top three for Champions League or European Player of the Year. The first time in 10 years. So the question, no. bro, are they done? Are they done? Are they, are they no longer hot property? That's really interesting, man. I, I, really interesting because they both did not deserve to be nominated for World Player of the Year. And there's been a few times actually previously I've been, when I've been like, oh, I don't think they deserve to win it that year. Or I could see someone outside of them winning it. Mm. Um, and I feel like this year, unequivocally, you could not justify putting them in there. Um, yes, Juventus. Uh, yes, I mean, Ronaldo did make a positive in, impact in Juventus simply. Well, actually, no, because it, they, they won the league and the, and, the, and the cup. And that's what they do every year. Um, Ronaldo was meant to take them closer to the Champions League and to be honest they haven't looked any any way close to no. heading, heading towards it have they? I, I blame um, the manager to be honest Yeah okay okay um, and Messi bloody hell Barcelona have completely just erupted around him right and yeah. I, I, I don't think he had a had a, a phenomenal year either um, and then you compare that to someone like Lewandowski who was a bad, bad man. Destroyed the goal scoring records. Um, and he's he's my choice as well for the actual yeah. overall winner. Oh yeah, he's gotta be it's gotta be him. It's gotta be him. Um but can um, um, uh, Ronaldo and, and Messi are old. Yeah. They're old though. Well, I think you know, yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're they're getting on a bit. They're getting on a bit. Ronaldo and if you look at in if you look at Ronaldo's game, it's yeah. completely changed. He's no longer bombing down the wings. He's still, still an athlete. He's, still an athlete. No, no, of course, of course, of course. But he's he's a centre forward now. He, he's he's now a bit more of a um, a sniper in front of goal instead of instead of you know doing all the tricks down the wing, um, jostling past people and then going in. Um, he's incredible in the air. He's always going to be incredible in the air. Um, and he's he's as you said, he's he's an athlete and, and he's an incredibly hardworking athlete and. I, I have no doubt that he'll still have about, I don't know, three seasons at least left in him. Maybe the same with Messi. I'll tell you what, Ronaldo won't stop until Messi he stops. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he wants to be sure that no one's touching his records, right? So I, I 100% know that he's not going to stop until Messi stops. Um, well, Messi, I think Messi's like, what? I think he's like 20 goals away from Ronaldo. So, all-time career goals... Let's say all-time career goals. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is on 737, and Messi's on 704. Okay. okay. So, but in terms of this conversation, I'm just seeing other people come through now that I like. If you're asking me, who would I rather have on my team, Mbappe or Messi? Ooh. To Mbappe. Hey, whoa. a couple of people are gonna will fight you on that one. That's still a... No, no, no. Because I know Mbappe... I'm not talking about right now. Mbappe is usually, whenever you talk about the, the world's best, it doesn't matter what age, you know, you'll take Messi over him. I understand Messi's a better player than Mbappe, but 
Mbappe is coming up to that standard now. He's coming up to that that echelon of player. And I would much rather have, excuse me, I'd much rather have, have him in my team and build around him than I would around a Messi. Um, do you, do you think Messi works around the pitch a lot? So who's, who's a better guy? So who would you say you rate more? Messi, uh, not Messi, Neymar or Mbappe? Who's more, who's more of a superstar? Or who's the better, who's the most... Oh, Neymar's... Like, no, yeah, 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 Neymar's a superstar. Neymar's a better player. Okay, so Neymar's a better player. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you'd agree with that, right? Um, I think Neymar is the more talented of the two, but there's something about Mbappe, man. I feel, um, even though he flopped, um, or he, he, he choked against um, Bayern Munich in the final of Champions League, but I, I think you need to remember, like, Mbappe, he's the same age as Rashford and, and those guys. Or is he, I think he's even younger than Rashford. I think he's a year. Young, I think he's what, 20, 21? Um, yeah. Mbappe? So I think when you think about his age, you take that in consideration. I think you have to respect. You have to respect him. And, and just to kind of give, him. I think just kind of give you context as well. So I know you mentioned that Messi was kind of off the ball a little bit. And it's funny that we say that. So Messi being off the ball, he still scored 31 goals yesterday, um, last year, bro. 31 goals and 26, <laughs> 26 assists in 44 games. That's mad. And, and I get that, yeah, but... He was definitely off the pace. I get that, yeah, but... Yeah. But, but, but... Go on. The... You know when we talk about stats, I don't... that In the NBA, you can score 30 points and still have a bad game. Yeah. So if we look at... If we look at the last game that the Lakers played against... Um, Denver Nuggets, Denver Nuggets. Uh, yeah, Denver Nuggets, Nuggets, right? Yeah. yeah. LeBron scored, uh, I believe it was like 27. Or, or he had a triple-double, 30, 10 and 12. But it wasn't an impactful. When you're scoring goals like that, you know, usually you'd expect your team to be, you know, and, and, and let's be honest, that, that their team was finished second in the league. They didn't do bad and they, and they, and they yeah, went quite deep into the Champions League. Mm. But the oh. goals didn't mean a lot. The goals didn't mean a lot. Um, usually, Messi's goals, he, he, he scores them when, 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 when Barcelona need him to. You know? um, and, and now, when, I'm, when I've watched games where it really matters, I'm not seeing... And, and this is for Ronaldo as well. I'm not seeing them have that same level of, shit, I'm just going to take it over. And there's nothing you can do. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, and, and, and I, I guess just to compare Ronaldo as well in terms of his stats. So he scored 37 goals last year um, and seven assists in 46 games. So again, both of them are scoring crazy amount of goals. And I guess that's, that's maybe years from now, that's what people are going to care about and look at. But it seems like when it actually matters in, in the actual big moments, so, you know, the Champions League quarterfinals, semifinals, they're not getting it done. You know, Ronaldo came... Second, I think he came second in the, I think second in the, in Syria for scoring. I think he came second um, behind Milic from Napoli, um, and they very very nearly lost that Syria title, and they have no business losing that. Like they're significantly better than everyone yeah. else. They have no business losing, um, not winning it every single year. So, yeah, you're probably right. Like both of them, 
they've probably lost a bit of juice. Probably lost a bit of juice. They're still scoring at a rapid rate, and yeah. ten years from now, that's what people will be looking at. No one's going to be thinking, "Oh, he didn't play well that game or that game." They look at the stats, and they'll just be like, in, "When he was thirty-five years old, he was still scoring thirty-seven goals in a season." So, um, so one question I have for you, mate, is yeah. when do you think we'll stop saying? Messi's the best player in the, in the world or Ronaldo's the best player in the world because even though they weren't nominated for um, the men's player of the year they're still they're still considered to be the best players on the planet okay. and okay, I've got I'm one. yeah go on so the reason why I think people still name them as the two best in the world okay, again if, if, you, if you ask anyone who's the best players in the world they'll say Messi Ronaldo but I think because um, and you look at you look at the other great players. I think people naturally would put Neymar and Mbappe as the next two, or maybe as the up and coming or um, the, the most talented or the, the best players currently. And um, I think the moment one of those guys or both of them win a Champions League or win another World Cup because of themselves or win the European title or the Copa America, I think then the narrative might change a little bit and. They'll become one of those guys. Like the moment they start winning significant titles year after year, I think that will be the case. Because you look at someone like Salah, and for me, I think Salah is very talented, but a bit frustrating as a player. But he's scoring a lot of goals every year. But I wouldn't say he's top three in the world. And right. I think, and I, I, I need to check it, but I think he scored thirty goals last year. And he's he's done that consistently for the last three years. Who, who, sorry, who are your top three players in the world? So, I would to, say, to, to take away Messi and Ronaldo. Take away Messi and Ronaldo. I would say Mbappe, Neymar, and then I'd want to say Mane over Salah. Really? See, that's another one. Like, it's, it's tricky because naturally you'd say him, but because maybe it's not felt like they've won the Champions League consistently and it, or Poland have not won the European title or the World Cup. You forget about him. Yeah. I think yeah. He's another one you have to respect, even though he's playing in Bundesliga where they're guaranteed to win every year. But I don't think until he consistently wins the Champions League or can take his team to, his country to win a big title, I don't think he's going to get the recognition that he deserves, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He he was a bad guy this year. Bad yeah, guy. he was. He was, mate. Fifty-five goals in forty-seven games. Yes, yeah. that's, that's nuts. That's mad. That is absolutely done. And I feel like he's gone under. He's gone under the. I guess under the radar. On yeah, that's it. Under the radar a little bit. He's gone under. And radar. you know, for me, my top three is probably yeah. This season, my top three is um, uh, in in no particular order: Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Lewandowski and Neymar. Um, at this moment in time, I'm, I'm, you, you know, Kevin. Kevin is a baller again, but until he can, if he can, he's not winning Champions League. He's he plays for Belgium. They should be good enough to win the European title or the World Cup. Personally, or at um, least go deep into it, right? At least go deep. No, no, they did last year, last World Cup. Um, I think they got knocked down the semis. Yeah, they got knocked down the semis. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, no, you don't. We don't yeah, I don't have an issue with that. But because like, you know, it's about winning. They, they, Nobody they remembers it. Guaranteed, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, but no one rem- like, and it, it's it's funny because I was thinking to myself a few days ago, 
how no one ever really remembers second place or third place or fourth place or it's, it's always the winner. And mm. you think back to all the years where maybe in the Premier League there's been a close running and it was literally neck and neck and then in the end one team won. Bro, no one remembers that. Unless, of course, you're a big football fan where you remember everything. But no one remembers that. You remember who won. So I think um, onto those guys consistently win major trophies or major international trophies. I think Ronaldo and Messi are consistently going to be recognised as the best in the world. So Even I mean, Haaland, he's another bad guy. Haaland, he's another... Oh, too young, too young, too young. Still too young, too young, but still, he's scoring at a ridiculous rate as well. No, he is, but there's so many players I'll put ahead of him. There's so many players oh, I'll really? put ahead of him. Yeah. Did you put yeah. Sancho ahead of him? For who? Sancho. I think at this moment, at this point in their careers, yeah, I put Sancho ahead of him. I put, um, uh, I put Salah. I put Mane. I put, um, you know, some of the. I put Aguero probably. Um, I, put, I put a lot of footballers ahead of him um, at this moment in time. But he's 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 going to be something special if he keeps going the way he's going, right? Bro, he scored thirteen goals last year in fifteen matches in Bundesliga. There you go. And then two and two. In Champions League, so there's only two games he didn't score last year for Bayern Munich for Dortmund. He did. He did. So yeah, like he's another one. Bad guy. I think he's another. It's another bad, bad man, and he's probably going to go to Bayern Munich in the next five years. But um, yeah, I think until someone starts winning consistently, them men are still going to be recognised as, as the goat and, and the best players. Hey. Who, who have you got as number one though between those two? Because I, I feel like forever yeah. it's going to be the conversation, and I feel bad mentioning that. But um, it's, well, I mean, you—I think every United fan has um, what's it called? Ronaldo as number one. Uh, I think you have him as number one as well, don't you? Yeah, I think you have to look when you take everything into consideration. You have to put Ronaldo number one, but Messi and is my my reasoning behind that is he tore up the Premier League. Yeah, we haven't seen anything like that. He then went to Syria, yeah. sorry, the Liga. Yeah, went to the Liga, tore it up. He won four Champions Leagues, and then he went to Juventus. Yes, he went to the team where he's guaranteed to win, but he did go and win. Uh, so I, I I put a lot of stake and his. Performances for Portugal are. I think he just hit goals. He, he just hit 100, I think he just hit a hundred goals this last what last month. He, he puts Portugal on his back. Mm. Uh, so you know, let's let's respect it. You know, and and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Messi's great, but Messi's always played in a system that was for him. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, actually, no, I don't need to diminish Messi's... Nah. Messi, I think Messi's a G. You have to, uh, he's uh, a G. He's, he's, he's I, a I put him in the yeah. Einstein and Beethoven. <laughs> I, put him in, I put him in that bracket. He has, he has a Velcro attached to his, his feet. Because if you, I've never, ever, ever seen someone move so quickly with the ball and it looks as if it's always, always in contact with his feet. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, I'm 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 a Ronaldo guy, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's that's fair. I think that's another one where 
we'll continue at a later date when we get other people involved to see what they have to say as well. Um, again, a lot of people have different opinions on that. Um, but sticking on football, you know, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, Premier League clubs no longer can have fans in the stadium for the 1st of October or for early October. Um, and that's going to be more of a detriment to, you know, the lower league clubs, the national league clubs, where most of their money comes from, from fans going to their home games and from ticket sales and that kind of stuff. So how is the English football going to survive with this whole coronavirus, potentially no fans again for a whole year? And reports came out earlier this week that um, clubs like Arsenal make three million pounds each home game um, Yeah, in the Premier League. So when you're hearing that, three million is, is not accounted for all of a sudden. Mm. That sounds like a lot of money to me. Sounds like a lot of money. So how do we help the low league clubs to, um, I guess, to ensure they survive and we don't have a whole bunch of clubs just going into administration? Bro, that, that's a really tough one. That's a really mm. tough one. I mean, cons- consider it for the local area as well, not just the, the, the club. Like, on a match day, you get thousands of people through your... And it's crazy because in England is the only place where you can have like a bloody uh, a team that's literally four divisions lower than the Premier League. Yet they're still getting a thousand and up to a thousand fans in to go and watch. I I find it absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but and think think about it that like the local um, chip shop that would have everyone go through the local pubs oh, yeah. everything. Oh. That everything just it's just it's just not there anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, I know the Premier League clubs are going to say that they've taken a hit, but let's 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 be really honest here, mate. Some of these players, uh, I, I'm not criticizing players for earning too much. I'm saying that I'm just saying the amounts they earn a hundred thousand mm. pounds a week. Yeah. Are you telling me if we took a couple tens of thousands off? Oh, sorry, no, no, no. Not from this. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not taking it from the players. If we look at the organisations. Do you not think they can loan to the local clubs in their area? For example, Arsenal, look after North West London for a little while. Chelsea, look after West London. Tottenham, you know, support wherever in London, in North, North London as well. Um, Manchester and, and, and Liverpool, look, look after the North. And, you know, we have so many players, we have so many clubs across the country that can actually yeah. help and support these things, these, these local teams, right? Um, I feel like, with the amount of money that's involved in football, surely, surely mm. that these Premier League clubs that are worth billions can help? That they should? I mean, a part of me is like, they should help? Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, bro, I think you made a good point. I think the issue, or what you need to remember here is, at the end of the day, all these football clubs are businesses as well. And it's it's not their responsibility to to ensure these businesses survive, you know, and you could say the same thing about every single industry, right? Every single industry is struggling. So is it all of a sudden that the biggest, maybe nightclubs or the biggest bars in London, they start support supporting the smaller nightclubs and bars in London and across the globe and across the UK. Um, I think it, it's a goodwill gesture to get those big clubs to support and put some of their finances towards, towards supporting and helping. But when, some clubs are letting some staff go and then at the same time getting rid of 
and at the same time supporting other clubs. Is that a problem? I, I don't know. Like maybe you should be watching your people more, um, especially the people that have worked hard for your company for many years. But for me, I think, yeah, it'd be good for the Premier League clubs to help. But at the same time, is the responsibility of the Premier League clubs or the government or the the FA to be helping these smaller clubs? I think they are equally as responsible. They're equally as responsible. And there's, there's no way that there isn't money in the bank to support these low-league clubs. Mm, that's interesting. I think, you know, I think we'll be surprised about how much is actually like money that's actually liquid for these, for the FA to just, or the PFA to, yeah, the FA to go out and actually take. Mm. Um, I, was listening, I remember I was listening to Gary Neville about him and Jamie Carragher were arguing about, look, G Nev was just like, look, go out, take a loan, take a billion dollar loan and bail out all the clubs. And then we'll pay them back. Um, and then Carragher was just like, hey, you don't just go and get billion dollar loans just like that. And G Nev was like, no, trust me. I know, trust me, <laughs> just, just, just trust me. Right, I'm yeah. like, no, it doesn't work like that, bro. It doesn't yeah. work. And, and, I, and I agree with Carragher. It just, Business doesn't work like that. You don't just, um, yes, football's a fantastic product. It's always going to be, I mean, we've seen how much the nation loves it over lockdown, right? When, when we didn't have it for a little bit, we went crazy. Um, but it, it doesn't work like that. And, and, I, and I think you're right in the sense that I think maybe you're, you, you make a very good point. I don't think maybe it is the responsibility of the Premier League clubs, but I do feel as if. I do feel as if, um, you know, they can do something. And maybe we have to, instead of talking about a business on business, you talk about, you know, the spirit of the game and yeah. that, that little thing that people mention about sometimes. But, hey, that's just our two cents. Isn't it? That's the two cents, yeah. So, hey, well, hey, listen, small clubs, we're thinking about you. We are thinking about you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully... Um, things get better because again it's, it's not just the championship and league one league two it's the the national premier league it's the it's, it's, it's the leagues below that again um that rely heavily on on the footfall that comes in week in week out so yeah i just want to wonder how that's all going to be affected and and all that kind of stuff man and that's that's the interesting one well cool cool well as i mentioned before there's the big fight on the weekend. Um, Israel Adesanya undefeated versus Paulo Costa again undefeated. And I'm thinking, bro, I just had a like, thought, like, who's the greatest combat athlete of the modern era? Right? You know, so we're not talking about we're not talking about Muhammad Ali. We're not talking about Bruce Lee, Jet Li, or some of the actors. Um, but we're not talking about people from. Boyce Gracie, early days of UFC. Um, we're talking about, you know, from like Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson's era forward. Um, and who really was the baddest man on the planet in the modern era? Okay, okay. First of all, I'm going to say shout out to you. You've got me gassed. I think I'm going to be staying up till 3 a.m. to watch the fight <laughs> on the weekend. I think, I think UFC have got another fan this weekend. I've got BT Sports, so I think oh, I will be watching... I think I'm going to be watching this weekend. Um, but who's the baddest 
Uh, you know me, like we've already had this debate a little bit. And I, and I said to you at the time, I thought Mike Tyson was the best, best boxer. I got a bit of stick from it from the group chat about that. Like, you, don't, you don't know anything. <laughs> you don't know your sports. <laughs> but I, I think in terms of what combat sport is and like it's to try and intimidate your opposition. It's to try and dominate. It's to try and inflict fear and, and destroy. And when I think about someone in the modern era, even though I, I would like to say modern era is what? 21st century? Yeah, um, yeah. Mike Tyson, his prime was what? 90s? Mm. So okay, maybe I'll, okay, I'll go with from Mike Tyson then because his prime was the nineties. But he he was a bad. Obviously, I think you have to give homage to people like Mayweather. Again, he was a bad guy, but at the same time, he wasn't. It's yeah, he's, he's yeah. I think he's he's cool, but nah, doesn't doesn't excite me the way Mike Tyson does. Mm. Should I, should I, should I tell you why yeah, Mayweather? For me, Mayweather is a really interesting case, right? Because, yeah, he's 50 and 0. He's, well, he's 51 and 0, isn't he? Um, after, after being Conor McGregor. Or no, I, no, I think Conor McGregor was the 50 and 0. You, you see um, him fighting that YouTuber? Uh, that's, that's, that's just cat. <laughs> that's just cat. Um, but look, he, he, oh God, I hate criticizing Mayweather. He's great. But firstly, his style isn't amazing um, to watch. Um, on top of that, he is very selective about his fights. Mm. And I feel like he picks people at the right time. Mm. So he picked Manny Pacquiao way further down the line. He picked Canelo Alvarez at the beginning. much earlier at the beginning. And, yeah. Sugar Shane Mosley. Yeah, I think he was a little... I'll say Sugar Shane was a little bit past... Uh, is that fair? Maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's not fair. Um, but I think I feel like he picks... And remember, he, he doesn't fight three times a year. He doesn't He doesn't do that. Once, if we're lucky, twice a year. Uh, he has long, long, long breaks from boxing, which you could say maybe that's smart. Maybe that's him prioritising his, his health. His mental, um, which is absolutely fine, um, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm a supporter of that, but uh, I kind of that's not really combat athletes. Like you, if you're a combat athlete, you're fighting three times a year. You're yeah. you're uh, you're active. You're winning titles in different weight classes constantly, and he did win titles in different weight classes. But he was always it always seemed as if he was the A side, and he once he became. Money Mayweather, he was always the ace and he was always the the most. He was always on his terms. Let's say. Do you, do you know what? Do you know what it sounded like? It sounded like it's going to be tough to pick a boxer. I think it has to be an MMA or UFC guy. You know. Well, you know what? My pick is a boxer. Okay. And, and um, but let's but let's talk about a few of the MMA guys who you could possibly fit in there. Um, for me, the greatest MMA fight of all time is George Saint Pierre. Um, he's someone that has never got tested for PEDs. Um, he's never come back positive for PEDs. Um, John Jones has, Anderson Silva has. Um, he's also won titles in two different weight classes, um, middleweight and welterweight. He's also um, beaten everyone that he's ever lost to. 
And he had like a, a crazy long reign as welterweight champion. Lost twice. Oh. He lost twice. He beat both of those guys um, that he lost to. Which I, 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 for some reason, I put a lot of weight in that because that shows that yeah. you have the mental fortitude yeah, to come back and, and, and like, you know, deal with someone. Um, I, I think that's incredible. But for me, bro, it's Manny Pacquiao. It's Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, he was a bad and guy in his prime. He's a bad guy, but the fact that Manny Pacquiao has been able to be, have a career that's lasted this long, He's had 71 fights, Afo. Is that 71? 71 fights. My Lord. He's won 62 of them, and he's lost seven times. But he's won world titles. He's won 12 major world titles in eight different weight divisions. Mm. Right? And Manny Pacquiao is just a fighter. He has fantastic movement. He's a knockout artist. And he has, he's great defensively. He's great offensively. He, he puts it all, he puts it all out there. He's extremely well-rounded. And yeah. yes, you can say, well, hold on, Floyd beat him though. And I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Floyd, he he, he lost to Floyd, and, and Floyd is his his, other, his only other counterpart. But Floyd didn't have as many fights as he did. Floyd did. I think Manny Pacquiao fought everyone and anyone, not at a time that suited him, but when it when it was just the time to fight them. I mean, why did he fight Manuel Marquez about four or five times? I mean, that, that, that's crazy. Mm. Um, so for me, he's really someone that deserves a whole of a lot of respect. And his last fight, for me, was just incredible because he fought, he fought Thurman, who, Keith Thurman, who was who's one of the pound-for-pound pound greats right now. And he dealt with him. He dealt with him. And you have to understand, Manny Pacquiao's in his 30s, his late 30s, right? And he's still doing that? That's, that's mad. That is yeah. mad. So okay. that's why for me, Manny Pacquiao is... Uh, is is, is the man. Is Manny dog. Pacquiao's 41. Oh, yeah. I was Manny just going to say, I was going to say, he must be older then. Because AJ and that like 30, 31 now. So he must be yeah. 40 now. Um, I think, listen, yo, Manny, I think about Manny and his greatness and... In his prime, he was a bad guy. Like, you think about what Canelo is now. Manny Pacquiao was better than Canelo, I thought, in his prime. Oh, um, But at the same time, I can't knock and I can't forget the number of times he's lost and the fact that he lost to Mayweather. Regardless of what people think, he still lost to Mayweather. And even though people were trying to say Mayweather fought him when he was not in his prime, Mayweather wasn't in his prime either. And Mayweather, they're around the same age. So, for me... Um, I think I think Manny is a pack, I think is a bad guy, but if if I'm going if I'm going to pick someone, I'm thinking people like Anderson Silva. And even though he's lost his fair few fights of recent, but he's probably the first MMA guy that I knew of. Um, and bro, he seeing that at his prime, he was a bad man. He was he was a bad man, and he I, I, I read I read earlier that in terms of the number of fights that he's had and the number of defences that he's had, like he had 11 title defences, which again is, is impressive. And again, I don't know how that is in comparison to, to other guys, but it doesn't sound like it's that much. Like normally by your I fifth... Anderson Silva be... has the longest winning, um, the longest win streak. Sorry, he has the second longest winning streak in UFC history. 
Mm. That's what I'm saying. He's great. And I think maybe he's one of those where he stayed in the game a bit too long. So maybe his greatness gets diminished a little bit. But we have to recognize it. And for me, another guy, um, what's his name? I don't even know how to pronounce his second name. Nomogov or... Oh, Khabib Namagamadov. Khabib, sorry, Khabib. <laughs> so, Khabib Namagamadov. Yeah, say, sorry for butchering your name, bro. <laughs> yeah, Khabib, like, he's, he's what, 20 fights in now, undefeated? Yeah, I know. He, he, might, he might end up being the greatest MMA if he keeps it going. And I don't see him losing any day soon. I don't know who's going to beat him. So, he's another one. Who knows? He might go down as the greatest combat fighter of all time. Definitely. I, I feel like he's a bit too recent for me to put him um, as like the number one. And I feel someone like my guy, Pacquiao, has, has it built up over a longer period of stretch of time. So, but Shout out to Manny. Yeah, that was a good one, bro. That was a good one. Hey, brother, it's always a good one. It's always a good one. So here we go, people. You know, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, you know, TSAT Podcast. Um, you know, we're, we're out there always throwing out fire content. Um, look out for us. Right? If you want to catch us on any podcast site, we're there, right? So we'll see oh. you there, people. J- Jeremy, you, hey, listen, the last podcast, we said we we're going to be consistent. We've done two weeks in a row. Shout out to you. Shout out to me. We've done two weeks in a row now. That's good. Two weeks in a row, bro. We go again. We go right, again. Man. We'll see you again next week. Yeah, love, people. Welcome to the party. Type of rock star, I got class and I got Henny overflowing up my shop glass. And yeah, I know I'm not a keeper, but can you be my mama's seater by the time I'm done with this tequila? Cause I'm a different type of rock star, I got class, but don't ask about my past, cause I got scars, and yeah, it's hard to understand. I'm